we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 30th day of December, the year of our Lord, 2021. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams, and we are back for one day before the end of the year. This will be our last podcast of the year. Uh, we decided we'd come back and touch base for a day uh, with you, the listener, let you know we're still alive. But uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the big podcasters are still out. Uh, and so we're going to take the extra time to um, to get caught up on ourselves and some other side projects that we're we're working on, <laughs> if you want to call them that. But Bruce, how was your, um, well, how are you today? And then how was your Christmas? Uh, today I'm doing uh, doing well. A uh, little bit of, a uh, little bit of burst of hope after seeing all the protests that happened while we were out. But on a, on a local level, I'm- On Christmas um, day. Christmas Eve and Christmas on day. On Christmas day. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, a, on a local level, I'm ready for winter. Uh, winter has not hit here yet. We're still, we're supposed to have one day next week, I think. It's supposed to get down to 15 degrees at night, and then the next day it's supposed to be 70 degrees. So, yeah, Oklahoma weather for you. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's been good. Good holiday. Good, uh, it, 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 like, the disconnect from all the news and the COVID and all that nonsense mm -hmm. has actually been refreshing. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, hold on a minute. Did you say a, a disconnect from, from COVID? How did you disconnect from yeah. COVID when you were... No, no, no. I'm sure you were checking vaccine passports at the door on Christmas Day, mm. weren't you? Of family members? Yeah. No. Mm. No. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, in fact, I don't even know that it came up in the holiday, uh, conversation. I don't think it should. I don't think it should. Yeah. I, I, I think it may have come up, uh, briefly, but it was most of the family. Okay. So the family that shows up to the, the get togethers are all like, this isn't a bunch of nonsense. This is a bunch that like, this is, this is being overdone. They're, they've been done with it for a while. Uh, the family that doesn't show up is the ones that are triple vax, still wearing the, the mask. And I think we only have two of those and they're technically married. So uh, only one family. I see. OK, well, um, so you, you did have the, the the Christmas Day dinner. You did have that outside, right? Because of the ventilation and, and everything. You, you did have it outside. We could have. Um, <laughs> I guess as warm as it's been down there. Yeah. 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 As warm as it's been. We could have. But um, so for Christmas Day, um, no, actually, uh, we, we had um, a vegan compliant meal. Interesting. Um, I, I'm curious about that uh, because, it, I mean, that's that's taking it to the extreme, especially on Christmas. So how did that work? Uh, I have family member that is vegan. And so the whole meal had to be uh, vegan. significant under a significant other is also vegan. So, uh -huh. uh, yeah, the, the entire meal was was vegan uh, compliant and it was. So it's not a traditional, it wasn't like, you know, your traditional ham and or turkey or whatever it is you have uh -huh. on Christmas day. Well, you can get a it, vegan it, turkey, but you can get a tofurkey. It was close. Yeah, you can get, yeah you can get it was, I think it was ham. I think it was whatever the tofu ham, whatever uh -huh. it was. It, so it was okay. It's like it had lentils in it and some other, I don't know all the stuff that was in it, but I mean, you know, it, it was, it was good for what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't a ham or a turkey. And then uh, we played we played some games, uh, so it was yeah, it was a good good Christmas day. That's good. Pretty pretty light. The the big Christmas stuff we did the week before. So that's good. That's good. That means um, that means you're getting all set for New Year's, right? That's what your next focus is going to be on is on uh, on New Year's. I mean, I got something for uh, I I got a Christmas gift this year, if you can believe it. You know, I didn't get a lump of coal. Uh, th not this year. Although it's it's funny that that I actually say that because I didn't get a lump of coal, but. 
I'm going to need lumps of coal in order to use it. So I guess I got half. I got half a gift. <laughs> you got half. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, I got a uh, I got a new Dutch oven, and I'm looking for. I, I I love that kind of cooking. Right. I used to do it all the time as a kid at scout camp. I mean, that's that's how you cook when you're at camp mm. to make like breads and uh and desserts and and things like that. I mean, that's a real treat when you're out there at camp uh, and you're away from yeah. normal kitchen stuff. So I mean, that was uh that, that was a great thing growing up as a kid, learning how to do that stuff. I learned how to cook that way. But I got a uh, got a 100% American-made Dutch oven, right? Thing weighs a metric ton, right? I mean, I have to walk yeah. like lopsided. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a weak person, right? I work out right. every day, and I'm walking like lopsided trying to carry this thing, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it's that heavy. I'm gonna be making a um, I'm gonna be making an apple rate apple cinnamon raisin crisp on uh, on New Year's with some fresh whipped cream. So I'm really looking forward to it. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing it right in the uh, right in the fireplace in the living room. So it's uh, it's it's gonna be nice. I haven't uh, I haven't cooked like that in uh, in many many years, but I'm going to be giving that a try. Uh, but I mean, I guess since you didn't follow it, you know the the COVID stuff. Like, since you didn't follow Dr. Fauci's recommendations on Christmas, I guess per- perhaps you're going to follow his recommendations on on New Year's, maybe. Is that is that what you're going to do? Because this is what he had to say about New Year's. I know you said it's okay to be with friends and family if you're vaccinated and boosted. But what is your advice to people about larger settings for New Year's parties? Yes. Tell us, doctor. Uh, Caitlin, I would stay away from that. I mean, I, I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives. But when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating. You do not know the status of their vaccination. I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be other years to do that, but not this year. Now, see, that, that's that is great advice. That is great advice. So, see, if you didn't if you didn't follow his recommendations for Christmas, perhaps you're going to follow it for New Year's, maybe sort of. I believe for New Year's, uh, I have planned the same that I do every year. So sort of. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of be uh, uh, doing his recommendations, but not because he recommended it, but because New Year's uh, I, I do the same thing every year. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't have like parties or anything like that. I'm just not, uh, not big on that stuff anymore. And over mm-hmm. here, it's a real mess because they do, um, they do these fireworks over here. I, I don't know what it is about the Europeans, man, but they set off fireworks every year on New Year's Eve. And it's like, really? Can, can, do you, like, do you really have to do that? They set off more fireworks on New Year's Eve than what we would set off for the 4th of July. Right. I mean, it's it's like that. It's it's that times. Oh, I don't know. Ten thousand, if you can imagine. And it's everywhere. But thankfully this year, as well as last year, but thankfully this year, they're not allowed to do it because of the Omicron variant. They've they've canceled all that. But at the same time, given what we just watched uh, in the country of Germany over the last week here of what's been happening since we've been off the air, I expect that that's going to be flaunted. <laughs> I expect that they're not I, going to follow that. You know, so I, I understand your um, position on, uh, like, especially no, it's, it's when not, it's... It's not because it's too loud. That's not my problem with it. My problem with it is is something that's a little bit more humanitarian than that. And and I'm sure that you, once, I, once I tell you this, you and everybody else out there that has one or more of these will understand. It is not good for your pets, as in your dogs yeah. and your cats. They don't understand right. what's happening and it scares yeah. them. And that type of shock to their system, it can kill them. Uh, and yeah. that's that's why I have a problem with it. If you want to go out there and you want to behave like the fool and you want to get drunk and blow your hand off, I don't care, right? Go go do that. But don't kill somebody else's pet through your stupid negligence. That's just, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just can't go with that. Well, you kind of nullified my argument because I was going to say, uh, uh, I, I honestly, actually, I, I don't know that it is nullified because... Um... Hierarchy, chain, all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, fr- freedom we're, we're and everything. I, I, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But at the same time, I mean, we have few pleasures left in the world, right? Yeah, our, our pets give us comfort. So yeah, le- leave them alone. Though right? I'm leave them tired out. of mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you. Told me I, I have, I have a love hate with mine. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know you told me new office or new office arrangement and all that. See, they don't like yeah. change. That, that's just it. No, that's Bruce. You're shocking. You're shocking your poor pets. What's wrong with you? Yeah, um, I, I, I don't feel bad about it at all because one of the ones that I, I quote unquote shocked was um, he, he likes to, to wake you up at like two or three in the morning and j- just to say, hey, I'm here, just, just to get you to acknowledge that he exists. Uh huh. And then, and then he's okay. 
I see. Okay, well, mine's not quite that bad. He'll he'll wake me up at like 5.30, usually between 5.30 and 6, and say, um, you, I'm you need, aren't you supposed to do something at this point in time? Yeah. Aren't, you, aren't you supposed yeah. to get up and, and, and yeah. open something like a can yeah. or something like that? Yeah, like three hours before you're yeah. supposed to have it. They, they, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, like that. Yeah. It's And it's literally, it is literally like those, uh, like those videos, those animated videos you see on... Um, uh, it's like Arthur's cat or something on YouTube or whatever it is, where he'll just walk up and smack you on the head. And then when you sit up and you're like all uh, dazed and everything, he's over there uh, playing just out of the way. That's uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that is exactly what this guy does. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then if you don't acknowledge him quick enough, he then proceeds to knock anything over that he can find mm-hmm. or bat things around just to get your attention because he knows he's not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, mine will do that. He'll start knocking stuff over, jumping on things he shouldn't jump on, and look at you while he's sitting on it. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Just to get you to move and provoke a reaction from you. But anyway, all right, so um, Fauci's talking about vaccine passports, right? Check the vaccination status of your your loved ones before you let them into your party, blah, 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 all that stuff. Is it really about that? Is it really about your vaccination status? Has it been about your vaccination status? Well, see, that's the question. That's the question. And of course, we've been telling anybody's been listening to us for a good number of years now, three years, three years. Bruce reminded me of this three years. We've been saying now a digital ID is what is coming. That is what they need you to take. Well, with a vaccine passport that leads you in to the slaughterhouse, doesn't it? That's exactly what it does. Like sheep to the slaughterhouse. That's what it is. Lambs to the slaughter, whatever analogy you want to use. It's that. The French prime minister announced over the Christmas holiday, oh, starting January 15th, it's not going to be about vaccine passports anymore. That's going to now transform into a digital pass. Already? Already? You, you guys you guys aren't even trying to hide it anymore, are you? Then, of course, you've got, oh, what was it? Uh, ba- back in, what was it? Back in the summer? That was a conspiracy theory, right? That, that, no, 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 no. No one's getting, no one's talking about a digital ID. Are you crazy? What is wrong? Are you a tinfoil hat wearing lunatic? What's wrong with you? Tony Blair, June 6th of 2021. This whole argument reminds me of something going back for some years. This is ID cards by the back door, isn't it? Look, I was then. I remain even more convinced today, particularly with biometric technology. The world will move to biometric ID, and they'll do it because in the end, it's better for people. It's not about... Look, the the amount of information government's going to have on you is going to be minimal compared with what your local supermarket has on you. So this is a completely sensible way to go. And I think you will find right around the world that people move in this direction because it will facilitate the the access to government services. And by the way, in some of the developing countries, it will cut out fraud. You're very plugged in. Our minister's interested in it. Cut out fraud. Bruce, have you ever known any government? I'm not just talking about the United States government here. Have you ever known any government to not be engaged in some type of fraud? Um, any government that we know of, I'll put it that way. Okay, government that we know of. I was going to say maybe if you went back a few thousand years, but then I would say you would. You could have argue. The, you you, you could you argue. Still, I, it would yeah, I, and I, I could say this point. You could argue the the Emirates of the uh, of United Arab Emirates, the, the the royal families. You could argue that because Marty has made uh, the point on several occasions that they have got so much money and so much wealth that they are literally incorruptible. And I'm not saying there isn't any fraud, but I, I'm simply yeah. saying that, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of that, but I'm simply saying that the corruption aspect of that is almost non-existent according to what he said. And I and I trust his, uh, I trust his assessment on it. But uh, as far as the United States or any European government not being engaged in any kind of, what? <laughs> are you serious? After the last 24 loaded. months... Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, just as an example, uh, insider trading. Yeah, you go to prison for that. But if a politician does insider trading, oh, no, it's OK. It's fine. Oh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. All they get is a little they get a little slap on the wrist yeah. from the media. Well, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi cleared all that, that insider trading up. She yeah. was asked about that. Should, should the uh, Congress people be restricted from insider trading? No, of course not. They're people, too. Nice. Yeah, of course. It's a free market. <laughs> it's a free market. We, of course, we want we want uh, we want trading. It's 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 an open market for everybody. Uh, Nance, but even even that's insider even trading, take, even taking the the government officials out of this and just looking at it from the perspective of um, the people. Uh, have you ever known any individual to commit fraud to exploit the government systems? 
um, where do you want to start? But anyway, all right, it, let's exactly let's, let's finish this up. Yes, do you think? Um, I mean, I don't know, but I, I hope so because it's just an obvious change. And you know, the, the, the thing is about biometric ID. I mean, as, as you know, my view is the whole world's getting changed by technology. The big political debate we should be having, we're not really having it, is how do you master this technology and harness it for the public good? Uh-huh. But in every single field of our work, our leisure, the way we interact with each other, technology is going to change everything. So, you know, biometric okay. ID is just one right. part of a much, much bigger picture. Sounds almost like Klaus Schwab himself, doesn't it? Now, remember, remember, I, I'll Tony agree Blair, with him, though, at the end. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with him on that. But my my issue and it, it, my issue with this is the same as it is with everything else. I have no problem with advances in technology. In fact, we're, we're, it, like that is inevitable. That that part is inevitable. The technological revolution that we're headed down now, that is inevitable. My problem is the people that are trying to um, what's the word you used? Usurp. Usurp, hijack that, yeah, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. Th- this this type of person right here. This is my problem. The, the the Klaus Schwab types, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Bill Gates. That's my problem. It's not the technology. Yeah. The technology's good. It's the people that are in control of it that are trying to turn it into their own nefarious purposes to suppress everyone for time immemorial. That's my problem. And it's not even necessarily that technology is good or bad. It's it's technology is just a tool, as you said. It's it's based on who's who's controlling it and who's doing it. Um, another thing he pointed out there is uh, he was talking about the grocery stores knowing more about you than the government does. The minute they do a digital ID system like this, um, now the government has access to all of the information that the grocery stores and all the others were getting on you because. You're, okay, your uh, troll account that you have on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, you can no longer have that troll account. You can no longer have uh, the anonymous uh, whatever. Um, there is no more anonymity. Uh, your uh, actual ID is tied to your internet ID and everything that you search online, everything about you in existence, everything, it's all stored on your, it's tied to you. It's, it, it's stored somewhere. So the government has access to that now with this with the system. Now, all that information that Google has, uh, Amazon, your your local grocery store, whatever it is, they all have that information. They'll be able to see your banking, you know, how much uh, money relative you make or spend, what you spend it on. They'll know everything about you. As if they already don't have enough information as it is. As a matter of fact, I mean, they've got too much. much. They've got too much. Exactly. Exactly that. They've got too much as it is now. The government, quite frankly, in my humble opinion, they shouldn't know anything about you. On top of that, if you want it, well, no, I don't want to go down the, I don't want to get down the, 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 uh, the private gun ownership thing. But I mean, that, that goes along with that too, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Because if you go along yeah, with an armed, a, a responsible, armed, knowledgeable public, they don't have any business knowing what you have either. No. Well, the, the thing is, is your, your data, your, your personal files, your personal information, the government is supposed to get a warrant to have access to that. This digital ID system completely nullifies needing a warrant. It, it, it doesn't matter. They can just go on and look at it themselves or they can have an AI. Can you imagine? Let's say they ban, I don't know, let's say um, fossil fuels, um, just as an example. Um, and what, what, what do you else mean? Is ma- Hold on a minute. What do you mean? Let's say. Uh, Bruce, they're doing it. Well, Biden well, says you're going to have you're going to have yeah. all fossil fuel cars off the road by what? Uh, three years yeah. from now? 20, yeah. Twenty twenty five. Well, part of the reason I'm, I'm saying that is obviously because it, it it's it's close to home. But let, let's say they go full bore and they do fossil fuels altogether. OK, they ban all fossil fuels, not just because right now they're just trying for cars and, and, and changing that and getting rid of natural gas and homes. Um that means plastic. That means pharmaceuticals. That means some of these other products that you use that has a petrochemical. Petrochemical. Petro. That's uh, natural gas or gas or some form of plastic or oil or that 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 that's all. I'm, that I'm sorry. Is all being I'm, regulated. I'm sorry. I have to cut in here. Um, Project Veritas. You know the the whole thing with uh, with CNN. The the whole debacle that's that CNN's basically like imploding and, and everything. You, you know that whole debacle. Uh, the producer. Well, Cuomo's out, and then now they're looking to flush Don Lemon. And uh, there's a um, 
uh, what is it? The the producer for Chris Cuomo's show, the senior producer, was caught yeah, in the the, the, mm-hmm. the the pedophile ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Supposedly, Project Veritas was ready to do something on Jake Tapper, and they were set to release it in 12 hours from now. CNN has just confirmed that Jake Tapper's producer has just resigned. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That That's that's actually kind of funny. Um, but that all that all that information to, to go about what we were talking about with all the, the data skimming and all that, that the government's doing. Um, if they ban petrochemicals or or want to everything's heavily done. regulate it, everything's done. You you ban petrochemicals, then we're n- not only not only are we we're not only are we back to like how do I even say this? We're back to like we're two hundred years in the past. You ban petrochemical. Okay, it's one thing to phase out petrochemicals. Don't get me wrong. I am in favor of moving away from petrochemicals. 110%. You will find me as a as a big champion of wanting to move away from petrochemicals. But you have got to have, if you're going to innovate your way forward with something, don't let them hijack the term forward on you, because that's a Marxist terminology that they're using it for. But if you're going to innovate your way towards something better, you have to have exactly that. You have to have something as good or better than what you are currently using. And wind and solar is not it. Wind and solar are fantastic for the independent user. Believe me, I've got solar panels. They're amazing. And really the way to do it uh, w- with what I'm doing, really the way to do it, and I was even told this by the by the uh, the guy that uh, that put these things in. He says, really, the way to do this is to put a windmill up. But you can't get anybody that's in the middle of town somewhere that's going to approve because the neighbors have to approve that kind of stuff. Because they said, really, the way to do it is to put one of those in. But you're not you're never going to get approval for that because that's going to be your best way of generation stuff for an independent type of an operation. It does not work as a uh, large scale energy replacement for the masses. It doesn't work. And they're certainly not going to go with nuclear. They're pretty clear on that. You can't get one of the the little ones. The they, they make small ones that have like they do uh, blade size of like they yeah they do or so, they like, do. But altogether. we had the, yeah yeah yeah. But that's that's been recently within within like the last few years. And this was done uh, like five years ago. And they were still like they still had the big ones. Uh, I've actually I've looked at the ones that they have now uh, that have like the inverted um, the inverted blades that are circular. Uh, I've looked at some of those. Those are supposed to be pretty good too. Uh, but anyway, vertical uh, ones are pretty good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But those are. Uh, oh yeah. The the ones that like the real thin ones mm-hmm. that spin. Yeah, yeah. I've looked at those. Like a corkscrew. Yeah. 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 Those are pretty cool. Um. But anyway, that's um. That's essentially uh. That's essentially what it is. But then on top of that, um. You don't have any sunlight and the wind doesn't blow. What do you have? Uh. It's called candlelight and hopes and dreams. That's what you've got. And of course, with the uh, <clears throat> carbon neutral thing that they're talking about, it's going to be illegal to even try and keep warm in your house. You won't be able to burn any type of uh, any type of wood because you'll be you'll be uh, impacting the uh, the earth with your carbon footprint or whatever. I'm just but that's I'm my breaking point. It. That's my point. If everything's digital and they're tracking everything about you, uh, you won't be able to go to the market and be like, well, no. you know what? I got a pellet stove, a wood wood pellet stove, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just go to the market and get. No, your, your, your ID is digital. If they're going to if they're going to regulate this kind of stuff, you're not going to be able to buy anything that's if you go over your carbon limit. And that, and that that's my point is if they go in and try to regulate uh, petrochemicals, you're done. Uh, like your your way of life as we know it now is going to reverse by, as you said, 150, 200 years. And we're going to be back to horse and buggy, that type of lifestyle, which, you know what, half of me and I literally mean that half of me. I, I almost I'm not <laughs> I almost I must say I'm not against it because I mean, look what social media has done to this world, right? Look what smartphones and all that stuff has done to this world. It's been good. Don't get me wrong. It's It's been good. These, these have been fantastic, uh, fantastic achievements and things. Of course. I mean, look, look at us. We're, we're in essentially a virtual studio and we're having a face to face conversation literally across the table from each other. And if anybody didn't know that, then they wouldn't be able to tell that we're not in the same room. Hell, we're not in the same continent. These are fantastic achievements. But at the same time, it's also created a very decadent, very entitled, very spoiled society that's gotten us in this mess. I'm just trying to show both sides yeah. here is all. But, you know, as I agree um, on the surface, I agree. Like a lot of these problems that we're having in society today are because of the tools were misused that that we were given or we created or whatever. However you want to see it, the perspective. The, the issue I have, though, is 
the genie's out of the bottle now. The, the Pandora's box is open. We can't put the technology back. If we were to go back and, and you know, go back to 200 years and live by horse and buggy, the, the problem is, is you would have the elite still using the technology. So it would literally be caveman against, you know, freaking Robocop or something like, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're done. That's I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, that's kind of what Schwab is, right? He's kind of like the, you know, he's trying to be like the caveman leader. Yeah. The, the, the tribal leader. I mean, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to be. I, the, I think he's. I think he's trying to he's he's masquerading as if he's the caveman leader and he wants to get all the other lemmings to be cavemen and he's going to stay in the technological world. <laughs> yes. And that's that's exactly what it is, is they want a breakaway civilization for them. They want everybody else living in yeah. squalor. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll live in squalor. You will be graced with the privilege of working as their servant in their glorious if they, plastic cities. If they allow you to live. If they, if they allow and of course, yeah. and of course, you have to have the uh, what is in, injections every ninety days now. Is that what is that what they're down to? In, in injections, gene therapy, uh-huh. um, digital ID, whatever it is. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to do it, and you're gonna have to be completely complicit to their ideologies and um, praise the glorious leader or the state or whatever it is that they worship. Well, I I don't know about worship. Um, well, I mean, let's, let's take this for example. Uh, Bruce, would you would you consider yourself to be a Fauci groupie? I mean, he is an There's idol. A lot of other. We, it's been turned into idolatry these days, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, that's true. Um, but calling yourself a groupie usually there's some other connotations that groupie means. So uh-huh. I, I I would not even if I was for Fauci and agreed with his agenda, I don't think I would call myself a groupie. Just just saying. This is MSNBC's Nicole Wallace. I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. I buy K95 masks, buy the, you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. And and I wonder where you think the sort of conversation is heading at this moment, Jason. You see, Bruce, she's a Fauci groupie and and she's th- uh, how she put it thrice vaccinated uh, and she's uh, she's got a case uh, caseloads of uh, of N95 masks. They're in all of her pockets and she wears them everywhere except for when she's sitting down, because the virus knows that when you're sitting down, of course, it's going to go right over your head. Yeah. K-N95s, by the yeah, way. Yeah, k Slightly different yeah. than yeah. N95s. True, true. Um, but uh, first of all, I'd like to point out that how dare you stockpile PPE equipment in the middle of a pandemic when our health officials need it. Uh, that's the first thing I want to point out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but uh, Which, as, that's actually I, what Fauci was saying uh, all those years ago. Yeah, just don't we don't need people stockpiling that stuff. <laughs> but here's a Fauci groupie yeah. stockpile. I mean, is this the new toilet paper? Uh, Only for the thrice vaccinated. And of course, that that means that means that you're protected, right? That that means you're protected if you're, if you're, if you're, three if times you're thrice vaccinated. vaccinated. If you're thrice vaccinated with natural says, immunity, with natural immunity, probably. Yeah. Why do you need the mask? Because they they went around all the various media sources uh, and for months were saying if you get vaccinated, you're not going to transmit. You can't even catch COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah, said that you, for months. You, what, like yeah, six you, months? You know what? Let me pull that Biden clip where he said, uh, you're, "If you get these vaccines, you're okay. You're not you're not going to get COVID." Hang on. And at the time when he was saying that, we were like, that's a load of crap because we knew at the time that wasn't true. You, people were still getting it. Yeah, that was that was during a town hall meeting. Uh, I remember because he, he kind of, you're OK. You're not going to get it. Yeah. And how he whispers kind of thing. Yeah, I found it. It's uh, it's right here. Here it is. The the various shots that people are getting now cover that they you're OK. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, there you go. What is uh, what is CNN going to do? A lot of their big names are. Well, we did hear. Hang on a minute. We we did hear. Now, now that you mentioned that, we did hear the uh, because the network got uh, did it get sold or something like that? Somebody bought them out, uh, and the the Discovery CEO came in and said, "We're going to be making a lot of changes over at CNN." And somebody asked him the question, "Well, what is going to happen with Jeff Zucker? Is he going to remain the director over at CNN, or is he going to be moving on?" 
And he said, well, we're going to be discussing his uh, his career choice in the future or something to that effect. I don't know. But they're in the process of knocking these people out now. You know, I um, I heard this morning. I haven't seen the interview yet. I'm sure it'll probably be coming up here soon. But um, I did hear that Trump went on CNN over the weekend. And can, can you pull that real quick? Can you can you pull it and see if the, he actually went on there? I heard it today on on a talk radio show that Trump went on CNN over the weekend and he was talking up the vaccine. And this person who was mentioning this has a big business down in Texas, you know, as in like just a, a regional type business. And a lot of his customers are calling in saying, what in the hell is this guy doing? What, what is he doing? We supported him. We gave money to your uh, your campaign stuff or your to your organization who donated to his campaign. What's going on? Yep. Five, uh, five days ago, Trump touts effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccine. I don't you know something I, I don't um, I, I don't know exactly what he's doing. And like, like I've said before, I quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, but this to me right here, um, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I was done with Trump before, but this he's getting into the realm now where you've got people that are now calling up people that ran drives to help him fund his presidential run in 2016. If he continues on this, which quite frankly, at this point, with him doing the interviews that he's doing and, and making the claims that he's making, maybe in the beginning, maybe in the beginning, I could have possibly understood it. Maybe. Because we didn't have all the data. And, and it was like, when I say in the beginning, I'm talking like the first three to six months. You didn't have enough of the, the numbers out there of like adverse reactions and, and deaths and complications and injuries and things like that. You, you didn't have those numbers. But now we do. And we've got a significant amount of them and they're showing no signs of stopping. And he's out there doubling down and endorsing it again. His campaign, if he if he no. runs in 2024, his campaign's finished before he even starts. I, I won't even give it the benefit of the doubt for the first three to six months. OK, uh, I'm, I'm the, trying to be generous whole, here. Yeah, I I, it, I commend the effort, um, but I'm not willing to to personally. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. OK. Uh, because all the data we were seeing on how severe COVID was, and now the data that we're hearing about um, how many people were actually given things that actually work, like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, all those things, um, uh, the the um, monoclonal antibodies, uh, the first thing they want to treat you with is a vaccine. I'm sorry, the fact that they've been pushing it that direction this entire time and the fact that they didn't look to those things, try to find something else other than a vaccine while the vaccines are being manufactured and look at things that we already had at hand and knew because they were unwilling to do that. And because Trump didn't even think to do that. Um, no, I, I won't give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm not not. No, no, that that is such a <laughs> guys. Th this is something that like 20 years uh, 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 that I can remember back yeah, at least 20 years ago, I remember you get sick or something like that, boost it with vitamin C that like, that's been a remedy for years. Chicken soup, boiled bones, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Th th this is, this has been known for a very long time. That's, that's just going back in my lifetime, but it came from people that are much older than me. Uh, these ideas. So this is something that's been passed down for a very long time. We've known this for a very long time. Why didn't we not look at those things in the very beginning? But because we didn't and went straight for the vaccines, this was all a scam from the very beginning. And because Trump is continuing to push this and never looked for other other mediums or looked at other places, he did talk about uh, remdesivir and hydroxychloroquine. Don't forget and, about the bleach. And the, yeah, right. Yeah. Because of, I, 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 I can't. I, he I can't didn't talk the, about the, the horse paste. He, he didn't talk about, you know what, Bruce, you, no. funny, funny story. We were, we were speaking to somebody last night, a mutual friend of ours from, uh, from Ireland. And we were talking about, uh, we were actually talking with that person. And we were also speaking with somebody who was in the hospital on a vent with COVID who had absolutely no business being on a ventilator because he didn't go into the hospital with COVID. As he even said, he even told us that. He said, as as he was being taken down to the hospital, they're like, uh, he doesn't have COVID. We've tested him. And the hospital said, oh, no, he's got COVID. And they stuck him straight on a ventilator. I'm surprised he lived, to be honest with you. I'm glad he did. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, we were talking to him and said, look, if the hospital would have done 
what a number of these other doctors are doing puts you on a, a, a just a, a regimen of vitamins and uh, and select what is it? Some some are taking like azithromycin and stuff like that. You know that that kind of stuff. Yeah, in the early days, it was hydroxychloroquine and right. azithromycin, right. and uh, there was something else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as we said ivermectin, the other person piped oh, up and yeah. said, uh, uh, "Fellas, that's for horses. Horse that, that's yeah. horse paste." <laughs> <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as we said that it, the, the other thing is is like um first of all rancher i i literally we yep. had cattle of our own and and literally down the street from yep. a, a dairy rancher uh-huh um, we we used to give I understand that to animals yeah when, when yeah. i was a kid we used to treat animals with the when you get dewormed just for anybody that has a pet if you have a dog or a cat and you get dewormer from the vet what do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, read the ingredient label on there. The the thing is, is because, okay, when you get into the, the genes of things uh, and you look at, uh, you know, uh, genetics and all those kind of things, life on Earth is made up by the same stuff. It's, it's, it's just different combinations of the same thing. So what works on one, theoretically, might work on another. Uh, and the fact that they found that ivermectin works on multiple... Uh, mammal species uh, and won a Nobel Peace Prize for it mm. for human use. Huh. Does, does that mean it's does that mean it's a horse pace now, or does that mean it's just a, a medication in general to stop viral replication and and uh, help your body fight against parasites? Nonetheless, uh, as soon as we mentioned that uh, and we got past the horse paste argument, the person then told us, uh, well, yeah, the hospital said they're not allowed to give it. Of course, they're not allowed to give it. It's the same everywhere. As a matter of fact, when he was in the hospital, I said, you should have been actually what? Well, yeah, Bruce, you told him the same thing. I said, if they would have given you if they would have started you on ivermectin early enough, they would have caught that. They would have started you on ivermectin, put you on vitamin C, D, uh, D3 and zinc. Uh, and uh, some other form of maybe like a, a Z-Pack or something like that. If they would have put you on that, you probably wouldn't have even been in the hospital. Or even monoclonal antibodies. Or monoclonal, you know, yeah. Any of yeah, that. Something like that. Yeah, sure. Of, well, I mean, I yeah. don't know what they're using in the UK. I don't even know if they have that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, know. more on Jake Tapper. This is breaking out of the post-millennial. Uh, Jake Tapper, producer at, uh, excuse me, Jake Tapper's producer, uh, caught in the pedophile scandal, resigns. From CNN. Uh, CNN has confirmed Wednesday that Jake Tapper's producer, Rick Saleby, has resigned from his position after it was revealed. Hang on. After it was revealed that he allegedly solicited ex uh, sexually explicit photos of an underage girl. OK, so the problem I have with this is um, obviously the, the obviously the, the whole thing. But the fact that they resigned now, there's going to be no other action taken against them. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. They'll just right off into the sunset. Yeah, they're just going to replace them with someone else. That, that's all they're going to do. They'll, they'll just say somebody there's, else on there. What, there's not going to be any legal action either. Nobody's they're like, it, it's just this is all yeah. going to go swept under the rug. It's like, it's like the Maxwell trial. You know what's going on with the Maxwell trial? The judge has yeah. now ordered the jury to speed up deliberations because Omicron is threatening the the, the, the legal system or something. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the news? You want to talk about CNN? Where's the news coverage of that trial? Have you seen a single minute of it at all? Because I certainly haven't. I certainly have. We're watching this stuff like a hawk. I haven't seen the mainstream media cover the Elaine Maxwell trial hardly at all. I'm not even sure that there are, is media allowed in there. For I don't think so. No, 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 no. They, they have sketch artists yeah. in there. Yeah. So why, why, why on that one? Which like I can, I, I get it if uh like for some of the witnesses I can understand because they're the victims in this some of them. But um, why was it okay for the media to plaster? Uh, Rittenhouse, the the whole Rittenhouse trial, and not okay for this one. This is this is a much larger, uh, un, un, unless they intend to sweep it under the rug, which I think we all knew that was going to be the case. Well, see, Rittenhouse follows the agenda. That's that's why they did the Rittenhouse trial. That's that is exactly what they wanted. They wanted that verdict to stir up some type of a of a reaction uh, in a community where they could riot and loot and burn and do everything that it is that they do. They, they wanted the excuse to go out there and burn the cities down. With Maxwell, you don't have that. The problem is, is if you start broadcasting what's going on with the Maxwell trial, the system that's wanting you to burn everything down to grassroots, the system at the top is going to burn down. That's the problem is because they're all going to go to jail if that comes out. Yep. yep. There's a lot of officials that are involved in high up positions. And as mm -hmm. we're seeing, it's not just government. It's also media and business. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But see, this is how they do it. 
that this is exactly how they do it. See, back in the 50s, let's go back. Let's go back to like the 50s and the 60s. What did the Soviet Union back then, what, what did they do when the Cold War ensued against the West? How did they compromise people? Because don't, don't think for one minute that the Soviets didn't send agents to the West to try and compromise people. What did they do? They sent sex operatives. That's what they would do. I mean, yes, they would infiltrate academia and and social groups and and things like that. You know, set up little uh, cells and things like that. Of course, they did. They would try to get on like labor unions and things like that. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff. But with politicians, remember what Yuri Bezmenov said: you would compromise people at the highest levels, and it was not the left wing political prostitutes, as he said. Forget about those people. They were told to aim higher. Aim higher. Go for those conservative mediaites, the cynical, self-centered ones that think that they matter, the ones that will look you in the eye and lie to you with impunity. Those types. Aim for those. But see, back like, uh, in the 50s. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. Bill Gates, you know, that that type. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci, that, that type of stuff. Don't you think for one second that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't do the same thing now? Of course they do. Of course they do. Except the Chinese Communist Party, they're a little bit more ruthless when it comes to their version of Marxism. The Russians were pretty bad, but the Chinese, the Chinese communists, man, they're even worse. But we're not talking about that right now. We can talk about that another day. But the thing back in the 50s, what did we have in the 50s and 60s? What did we still have back then? Yes, you had the the, the sexual revolutions that came with the hippie movement and all that stuff. But even prior to that, what did we still have? Well, really, even after that, you still had a family unit. You still had a strong family unit. Therefore, if you were seen as somebody that was cheating on your wife, somebody that was uh, having a, a monogamous relationship with four, five, six other people, that was frowned upon, not just by losing your family, losing your livelihood at home, but society as a whole. Everybody would know what you did and society would shun you because we had a strong family unit here in the West. On top of that, we were largely still uh, based in uh, a religious community. We had our churches that were the backbones of our societies. And that was also something that the church would not tolerate. And everybody in your congregation would know what you did. So they would not only destroy you within your community, they would destroy you with the media and everything else. that you. They would ruin you. They would absolutely ruin you. But see, as the Marxist movement progressed, the infiltration progressed all the way up through into the 90s, what happened? The next generations came along. They were demoralized through the education system that they had infiltrated. And so therefore, the family units got broken. They couldn't compromise people that way anymore, could they? So they had to change. They needed something else to compromise people. So what did they move to? Underage sex trafficking. That's what they do. That's how they compromise people. Enter Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. That was the network. That was the kingpin of the network. Those two. They ran that operation for compromising people in the West and around the world. So No, of course, you're not going to put that trial on TV. You don't want to get anywhere near that because all of those people that they have exposed, everything that they have spent the last, what, 40 years, 30 to 40 years building would collapse. Everything would come down. The whole system would burn to the ground. And, you know, I often wonder. This this is my this is my thing, uh, and I've I've heard other people talking about this, and and I often wonder this myself. How do we salvage this system? The, the the ones that like the system that they're destroying. How how do we how do we burn out this corruption and save this system and not get caught in the crossfire? That's the million dollar question right there. Is how do we stop ourselves from going down when this ship finally sinks? Because right now all we're doing is re- we're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic economically. That's all we're doing. They're just throwing money, pointless helicopter money, monopoly money, whatever you want to call it. They're throwing it at this problem, trying to stave off the inevitable, and it's not working. They're trying to use COVID as a cover to crash the economy and saying, see, see, it's your fault. You didn't do what you were told, but that's not going to work. That's not going to work. We were discussing before we started tonight, based on the number of (laughs) Christmas Day protests, not just in Germany, but just around the continent of Europe and in the United States. The system was expecting pushback. Of course they were. You don't think that they would pull off something like this and not expect to wargame some type of a resistance movement. Of course they were expecting that. But I think right now the system has a little bit more resistance than what they can handle. I think that's the problem. So they're trying to do damage control in all these different areas and they're, tre- they're stretched too thin. They've got too many irons in the fire. They can't move. They've essentially put themselves in a quandary because not only are they trying to juggle this international mess, they're trying to juggle this COVID stuff domestically in all these countries. And the problem is, is that you've got movements out there now that are so large in these cities. There were marches in hundreds of German cities. 
over Christmas, nothing on television about that. Nothing in the news about that. You didn't hear anything about that. Nothing. And why is that? Germany's had some of the most harsh COVID restrictions. Like, I think there was only one country that was actually more harsh than what's happening here right now. You literally can't do anything. I'm on the ground here. You literally can't do anything here. Nothing. Outside of going to buy food. You can't do anything. Not even with a, uh, with a clean test, you can't. And of course, the courts now in each state are starting to do what the U.S. states are doing. They're starting to say, wait a minute, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And they're starting to now push back. But if you look at all the people that are out there that are protesting, marching through, hell, I think there was even one that might have marched down the street here over the weekend. I didn't, I didn't pay any attention to it. But uh, there, uh, there might have been one that happened here because they were everywhere. But the Germans, they're very slow to anger. They're, they're like the French and like the Americans in a lot of respects. They're very slow to anger. But why, why is stomping down on Germany? Because that's what they've done. They've, they've clamped down here harder than everywhere else. Why? There's a reason for that. Because the Germans are, well, first and foremost, they're very hard-headed, right? They're very stubborn people. You can't beat them for quality when it comes to manufacturing something. But they're very hard-headed. But at the same time, that's also a strength of theirs. They're very slow to anger. But when you unify them, in a united cause against something, you cannot stop them. The powers that be know that. Case in point, look at Germany in the last hundred years. They tried to take over the world twice in 50 years. Now, if that's not some form of motivation, <laughs> then I don't know what is. Of course, you've got to stomp that idea down. But see, inherently, that goes back thousands of years. You have to understand how these people, and, and I'm not looking too deep into this, but these people that are wargaming this out and running this psychological operation against you, me, and everybody else on this planet, they know this. They know what makes people tick. And if you can stop the Germans from being angered, well, then you can stop anybody else. The German mentality goes back thousands of years. They're a tribal people. They go with what's best for the tribe. That's their inherent way of doing things. They gain their strength from what everyone else does in society. That's the tribal way of doing things. Although it's a little bit more sophisticated. It's not, you know, the Neanderthal, whatever, when you think of tribal, not that kind of stuff. This is why, for example, you see Germans that have two or three degrees for something. I mean, very intelligent people, very educated people. When you see them that have two or three degrees for something, they'll have all of those titles as part of their legal title in their name. I, I know a guy that has two doctorate degrees and he's also a professor. His name, his legal name is Professor Doctor Doctor. Why is that? It's that tribal mentality. It's that feeling of showing off your badges to the tribe. Hey, I matter. You know, this, this, is, this is what I've accomplished. Now, you put this on a larger scale, you're not going to be able to stop what's coming. If you looked at the type of numbers that are that they're producing over here, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. So they know that once you get this train moving, once you get this German train moving, you're not going to be able to stop it. Once you get that French train moving, you're not going to be able to stop it. It's not going to happen. These two countries alone are supporting this European uh, project of heaping failure, whatever you want to call it. If these two countries reject this... And this whole digital whatever it is that Schwab and company want to do, this program is finished on the continent of Europe. It's finished. And so are these people. So I think the system was planning for resistance, of course, but they weren't planning for this amount of resistance. The system has more resistance right now than what it can handle. They don't have enough jails to put us all in. They don't have it. They spent a good majority of the last 20 years getting rid of their national militaries. They don't have the militaries to be able to enforce this on people. 4% of the German GDP, 4% goes to national defense. 4%? Are you kidding me? Do you know why it's been 4%? Because the U.S. has been floating the other 96. Of course, we can't do it anymore either. I don't think anybody can, technically. No, no, not, not with what they've done financially. There's no way to save it. But I do see glimmers of hope. Somebody asked me over the weekend that I hadn't spoken to in quite some time. They said, do you think that there's any hope? And if so, if you have hope, what do you have hope for? And I said, from where I'm sitting, this is after I saw all the videos of everything that was happening here. I said, from where I'm sitting, I see a lot of hope because you're not seeing this stuff. Bruce, the videos you and I are watching, you're not seeing this in the US. It's just, it's not, it's nowhere. Yeah. They don't show it here. No, no. I said, I, I see hope. And the reason I see hope is because of the types of people and the, the movements of people that are peaceful, literally peaceful people out there in the streets that are standing up against this, this nonsense and pushing back against it. And rightfully so. It's, it's time for this to end. We've had enough of this. We've tried it your way. We've had enough, right? It's time for you people to just get the hell out of the way. So I see hope that people are finally rising up. And of course, 
of course. Now, once they've rolled out this booster program, they're now going to split that group. They're going to stretch themselves too thin. Every time you, you, you split that group, you extrapolate out that data, that number is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. I know people that are taking boosters, but not many, just a few. I know people that a lot of people that are double jabbed and they're like, nope, not doing the boosters. Now you can forget that. That's not going to happen. So now they're going to fall into our ranks. They're going to come on board with us. And I know people that are boosted that have said, okay, they got the last one they're going to get out of me. And that's it. As they continue to stretch that number, that's going to get thinner and thinner and thinner. And they're not going to have any support once they get to a certain point. That, that's going to be the end of it. I see hope that that's going to fail. Of course, it's going to fail. It was, it was doomed to fail it, right at the beginning. As soon as we saw what they were doing, I said, it doesn't matter what they do now. They lose. In the end, they lose. Of course, they're going to lose anyway. It's just a matter of how bad it's going to get and how hard this crash landing is going to be. But the hope I gave to that person by answering their question, they said, what do you have hope for? And my answer was very simple. I said, I have hope that your children are going to grow up in a peaceful world. That was my hope. And that's precisely why I'm sitting here. This is why Bruce is sitting here, because I want the next generation and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that to live in peace and not have to deal with this anymore, ever again. Yeah, that's uh, for myself. That is uh, uh, in the long term. That's the uh, that's the hope is that the future generations don't have to deal with this. Um, we, we, we knit this in the bud now and the Western world can continue on. I don't think we're going to be able to make a change in like, you know, China, for example. They're going to have to come to that realization on their own. Yeah, the, the Chinese people, the Chinese people know that they have a long road ahead. But I think the Chinese people are are well enough, uh, well enough, well aware enough to understand that they have a long fight on their hands. But I think they're going to win over in the end, too. I, I think the Chinese Communist Party will hang by the Chinese people. Yeah. The question is, is how much damage they'll do on the way out. But the in the long term, I agree that in the long term, generations, coming generations will live in peace and, and uh, yeah, they won't have to deal with this. But I'll leave it at that. A uh, new photo of LeBron James has uh, just surfaced. Uh, would you like to uh, would you like to have a look at it? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Of course, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him <laughs> a little bit of credit. I'll give LeBron a little bit of credit. Um, he has been downplaying the COVID nineteen virus, and he has. he has been blasted pretty heavily for it. Well, he also um, he also tweeted, or he didn't tweet it. He put it up on his Instagram page last week. He said that. Uh, and by the way, this photo will be up on our Telegram page for anybody that wants to see it. I, I can't repeat it here because we are we are a family show. Uh, though the uh, the wire brush thing from Bruce did slip through last week, we do apologize for that. <laughs> but seriously. How many people out there aren't aren't thinking that right at this point? How many of you are out there out there aren't thinking that at this point? But um, LeBron did put up on his Instagram over the uh, over the weekend uh, or maybe it was last weekend. He posted a photo of three stick figures and each one of them are pointing at covid, cold and flu. And they're all pointing at each other. And LeBron said, somebody explain this to me. So I think he's starting to get it. <laughs> I think I think he's starting to get it. He's also jabbed. And he came down with COVID. So maybe he's starting to understand, wait a minute, these things don't actually work or they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. Maybe. Um, I, I think uh, I, I do think people should. Uh, OK, logically, uh, people would would start to wake up when, um, you know, the government, the media, everybody, the experts, finger quotes, uh, were saying um, this is safe and effective. And it's going to work like it, it'll prevent you from getting COVID and then they get COVID. That, that's quite a wake up call when all the experts are saying one thing and then your experience is something different. Yeah. Since we were talking about boosters today, you, we cannot leave the last podcast of the year without playing this. We, we cannot leave without doing this. Uh, this is Boris Johnson on the people that are filling up the hospitals now. No, it's not unvaccinated people. That, of course, that's what we've been hearing. It's not unvaccinated people. Who are the ones filling up the hospitals? Let's listen. I cannot stress too much how vital it is for everybody to get that booster jab, particularly the 2.4 million people who've had two jabs but haven't yet had their booster. They had two jabs more than uh, six or seven months ago. So they're eligible 
for their booster, but they're not yet coming forward to get it. So I would say to people, come forward and get your, your booster. It's a fantastic thing to do. It makes a huge amount of difference to, to you. It protects you. And, I, and I'm sorry to say this, but the overwhelming majority of people who are currently ending up in intensive care in our hospitals are people who are not boosted. I, I've talked to doctors who say the numbers are running up to, to 90% of people in intensive care who are not boosted. You see, it's people who are not boosted that are the ones that are ending up in the intensive care. That's that, that's them. See, it's not the unvaccinated anymore. Of course, if you don't have a booster, then you're not vaccinated. So I mean, maybe you could interpret it that way. But, uh, you know, I, I was paying, for those that have seen the video, I was paying less attention to what he was saying, and I was paying more attention to his hair. Uh, as he yeah. was talking through the mask, because he's a thrice vaccinated person, uh, I was paying more attention to how he was talking and enunciating so much through the mask that it was actually forcing his breath up through the top of the mask and blowing his hair up. And it was uh, it, it was quite a spectacle to see. Yeah, um, I, I have to admit, the first time I seen that video, um, the first thing I noticed was how tame his hair was. Uh, and then the second thing I noticed is, uh, as you pointed out, uh, his um, great seal on that mask and how it does not cause his hair to move at all. I'm also being facetious. The seal is horrible. And that's all you see is his hair moving. <laughs> also, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of uh, mRNA vaccines, has uh, just had his Twitter account uh, suspended, meaning, uh, well, a suspension from Twitter means <laughs> you're not getting it back. Uh, he had a half a million followers on Twitter. Uh, and he has said that, uh, we all knew it would happen eventually. Today it did over half a million followers, uh, gone in the blink of an eye. That means it must've been over the mark, uh, so to speak, uh, over the target. It also means that we lost a critical component in our fight to stop these vaccines from being mandated on children and to stop the corruption in our governments, as well as the medical industry and medical industrial complex and the pharmaceutical industries. Uh, but don't, uh, don't be too upset because he will be on the Joe Rogan podcast tomorrow. So quite frankly, whatever he might have lost there, I don't think it's a loss at all. Do you? No. Um, it's kind of like that New York Post article that talked about the laptop. If they would have just left it alone and not banned the the, the media post about it, uh, it wouldn't have gotten so much coverage. But because they banned it, there's kind of this... Um, and the next I don't know, day... It's human nature, I guess. And the next day, he's going on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's a, it's part of human nature. When something gets banned, um, the instinctively, our curiosity kicks in and we're like, okay, why was it banned? And so we look to see why it was banned. And that just causes more attention to be brought to it. So in essence, this is going to end up helping them out uh, as far as the people are concerned, but it's going to cause less coverage uh, you know, they won't be able to address the things in the future that they want as as readily as they want. But it, it doesn't really matter, though. I mean, or maybe I'm misunderstanding your, your context there, but I, it, I don't think it really matters because he's now going to go on a platform that has what, what like half a billion listeners. Yeah, has way more listeners. Yeah. It, so he could get the message out tomorrow. That That's true. He, he could very well do that. But if there's any other things that arise, he doesn't have a an, like a, a fast acting, you know, we can post about this and get this out to some people and, and well, get it spreading. He does have the other. We do have alternative platforms now as far as like social media is confirmed. Of course, you've got Telegram, but I don't take that for uh, I don't take that for granted. But that's here now. So we might as well use it while it's here now. There's also. Yeah, uh, but the Telegram other isn't. Uh, that's not Twitter. No, it's that, not. That, that's the thing. No, it's, it's not. Uh, but it's also you've also got the other ones uh, like Getter. That's the the, the mm -hmm. new platform over there. That's that's what everybody's jumping into. So of course you're going to have online presence and stuff like that. But um, as far as uh, as far as Twitter, I mean, honestly, they've banned everybody of any kind of significance over there anyway. So uh, left and right. So why would you why would you even want to stay on there? Marty always talks about, oh yeah, I was on Twitter. I was on Twitter. I'm like, why are you on Twitter? 
Why, why on earth are you on Twitter? <laughs> you know, I heard I heard somebody talking earlier today and they said, if they were the president of the United States, and th- this, is a, this is a good question. If they were president of the United States, they would pass a law. They would make sure that there was a law that was passed, or excuse me, they would make sure that there was a law that was put through Congress and do whatever they needed to do in order to get it passed that would say, if you spend more than 10 hours a week on social media, your right to vote is revoked. I would be one to fight against that bill. Okay. All right. And I understand your reason. I understand your reason. But social media, let's be honest, look what it's done. It's twisted and and warped people's minds into... It's not social media. I don't think it's social media. Social media is a symptom. It, okay, the, so it's the person. Social media, the... It's, yeah, it's, it's the decadence of the people. Got it. It's okay. the people that's the problem. They're, they're yeah. like, we're, we're losing, as we talked about earlier, the, the family unit. We're, we're, we're losing the family unit. We're losing a bunch of the morals that we had before. The way social media is going and everything, that's just a symptom to a greater problem. Uh, so I, I think regulating you know, social a, media isn't going to be the solution. That's, that's a good point because, I mean, l- let's look at it like this. Social media is there right now. It's there right now. It's available to use right now. But you and I are not on it because we have enough wherewithal to stay off of it. Yeah. The other the other aspect of it, though, is look at it the other way. Let's say society didn't fall into this decadence and we we, we were still a moral family unit and everything. Right. We, we still had our uh, the good things about us uh, were still prevalent. That's that's a medium for families to get together and interact or. That's a medium for uh, like small people business. on vacation. You can stand uh, small businesses, charities, church groups, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They could all interact with each other, plan, yeah. or, you know, those kind of th- get that's the a good advertising thing. out for their stuff. So, yeah, I mean, a good thing. it is a good thing. It's just the, the problem is the society itself has become decadent and yeah, the I, tool okay, that they're it. using. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I see your point to that. Uh, and that's well taken. I, I, I got it. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't um, I, I didn't necessarily think that it was a good argument uh, that the person was presenting. But nonetheless, I think it deserved a conversation because that's a good point. We're, we're talking about social media that's caused all these problems uh, and how it's it's played a critical role in everything we've seen over the last uh, the last two years. When we first saw it's been a catalyst. Yeah, it has exasperated in both things, directions, yeah. in both directions, yeah. in both directions, yeah. because the left hand side of things. It's been for facilitating the riots. And I don't give a damn if you call them a peaceful protest or a mostly peaceful protest. That was a riot. That was an absolute riot. And it was a disgrace. Don't think Donald Trump's not immune from that criticism. Quite frankly, he should have put it down as soon as it started. If that's not insurrection, please tell me what is. By the way, Let's Go Brandon is now apparently a soft insurrection, according to MSNBC. Yes. Yeah. It's because it, they, they actually called the dad that did the, the Let's Go Brandon on the, the phone call with the yeah. president. That Biden actually um, affirmed and said, him. yeah, let's go Brandon. Yeah. 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 They're calling him an uh, insurrectionist. Always. Oh, uh, no. So wh- why, is, why is Biden not an insurrectionist, too, for, for agreeing I mean, he agreed. with him? He, he agreed yeah. with him. Yeah. He, OK. But anyway, so. It's been a catalyst. Back back to this point here. Social media has been a catalyst for uh, the left wing agitation, but it's also been a catalyst for the right wing and the conservative movement at the same time. And you say, well, how, how has that been a catalyst? It's been a catalyst because the people that have been any kind of a voice of reason have been banned. And what does that do? As you said earlier, Bruce, it forces the agenda to then become, wait a minute, uh, that person got banned. Okay, I'm going to go see what got them banned. I'm going to go listen to what they have to say. Alex Jones, for example, right? I, now, I, I personally think the guy's a little bit, um, I think he, I think he's a little bit uh, hyperbolic. Some of the stuff he talks about is out there. But let's be honest, he was one of the first people that were banned. In this context, I'm going to I'm going to speak on it. He was banned. Whether you agree with the person or not, that should concern you deeply. Because if that person can be banned, well, then what's to stop you from being banned? What's to stop us from being banned? The night that Donald Trump, his entire family, uh, cabinet members, and this is when he was still in office, by the way, Rush Limbaugh and, and a, a lot of these other conservative pundits, they were all banned from Twitter in one night within a few hours. And I sent, I remember I, it happened at like, uh, I want to say it was like eight or nine o'clock Eastern time that night. And I sent you a message and I told you what happened. And you're like, oh my God, it's begun. We knew it was coming. We made the decision several years ago when we started this because we, we looked into it. Should we, should we do social media? Should we not do social media? We decided not to do it. We knew we were going to take a hit in listenership by not doing it. We knew we were going to do that. We were going to be relying on the old fashioned way of word of mouth. 
and whatever platforms we could use. Yes, the other stuff as far as like Parler and Getter and all that stuff. Okay, whatever. You know, I, I, I just I don't like social media. I just can't get into it. The mere fact that we we do Telegram is a feat in and of itself. But that's yeah. something that can be done with several of us and not just one. So that helps. But Technically, yeah. we could have done the same thing with Twitter, but uh, that would have required us to be hiring yeah. someone to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to throw someone into the pack of wolves and then expect no, them to do it as no. a charity. And you know what? You I know? just don't I just don't like Twitter. I never have. I, I no. never have. I was never on it. I didn't really care for it. I, I just I don't care. I, I'm not somebody that cares about social media. I don't have time for that stuff. I've got too much stuff going on in my own life to worry about whatever the hell everybody else is doing. And quite frankly, whatever I'm doing, that's no one else's business. Yeah. So exactly. I have no need for it. Social media plays absolutely no role in my life because I just don't care. That's not something that I'm concerned about. I'm focused on working on myself to improve myself so I can be a better person. I'm trying to I'm trying to live what Benjamin Franklin said by making yourself better. The world is a better place. I'm trying to live by that. And so therefore, I don't have time for social media. Social media doesn't even come into the picture for that type of an attitude because you're working on yourself. I mean, I'm not a narcissist. That doesn't mean I'm a narcissist. I'm working on self-improvement so I can improve everything else around me. That's not narcissism. Social media is narcissism because you're saying, oh, look at me. I matter. You know, this is what you need to focus on. No, I really don't care what someone else thinks about me. Like I said, quite frankly, what I'm doing is no one else's business. That doesn't make you a narcissist. So don't think not being on it is self-centered when in fact the ones that are the self-centered ones are the ones that are usually on it <laughs> that's not saying it's the same it's not saying it's it's like that with everybody because like even you said it, there are practical if, uses even if uh being off of social media is viewed as being self-centered i will gladly own it because i am still not going to go on to <laughs> social media don't you want i am a selfish person don't you want the vaccine? Don't you want to put your little banner around your profile photo that says I'm vaccinated? I'm 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 boosted. Don't don't you want that? No, 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 that doesn't. No. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Uh, we are going to jump out of here. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know what? It's been a great year. Uh, it's been a great year. We've had a lot of fun this year uh, and I'm looking forward to the. Uh, uh, to the new year of 2022, and let's get this uh, let's get this dumpster fire of 2021 behind us, shall we? Uh, let's uh, let's move on because we got a lot of work to do. Bruce, you got any uh, got any final words on the last? Uh, I'll give you the last word on the uh, uh, of the year. Just please don't say next year can't be any worse than this year. Yes, please, please don't, do that. don't jinx it. Don't, <laughs> don't do, do it, that. please. Uh, no, happy new year, everybody. It, 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 it has been fun. Uh, even though all the COVID nonsense and everything, those of you that uh, that have dedicated your time to listen to us, we really do appreciate it. Yes, you're absolutely right. Thank you all very much. It's been a fantastic year, and I look forward to speaking to all of you in the new year. And I'm sure Bruce looks forward to speaking to all of you in the new year. Have a happy new year, and we will see all of you in 2022.